Welcome back. This is the Alchemist Nation podcast. My name is Gualter Amarello, and I'll be your host. I get to travel across the country and speak to some of the greatest real estate investors, millionaires, multimillionaires, and they're just looking to give back and add value to future investors, future millionaires. Today, I'm with Doug McGurk. Doug, welcome to the show. What's going on? How are you? I'm good, man. Another day in paradise. So, Doug, Amen. you are one of our celebrity coaches, right? We we call you a celebrity coach because you wrote a book. Uh, what was the name of the book, and how did you get started uh, writing it? Uh, so, the book is called Under Construction, uh, Navigating the Detours on the Road to Recovery. And it was originally inspired, uh, the short stories I got recruited from, uh, I was on the road with my mentor and got recruited to bring what I do, the seminar style learning, the breakthroughs, the NLP, the hypnosis, all of that to the behavioral health world. And um, so I was dealing with people who struggled with addiction. And what I found was when someone got themselves off drugs and alcohol, they still had some of the same challenges they had before and they were the same that every other human being has. So what I noticed was the same things that stop someone from buying their first property or uh, scaling, going to the next level, moving from you know one to many, uh, going into syndication, whatever, writing your book, whatever it was, it was still the same reason why people would use drugs or alcohol. It was fear, it was stress, it was not knowing what to do, where to start. And what I found was people get addicted to that story they tell as to why they can't make something happen or they get addicted to the states that are preventing them. So they get addicted to the depression, to the fear, to the anxiety. And once I was able to really crack that nut with our clients, I was like, man, we gotta get this information out there because really everyone's addicted to something. So really we're, we're all on some form of uh, recovery uh, as it were, whether it's the addiction to anger, frustration, depression, um, or some form of substance or shopping, right? I mean, I, how many people do you know who you go, you know what, if they just shopped less or they didn't go on the internet as much or didn't watch as much TV that they'd be able to dedicate that time to growing their business or improving their health or whatever their, their goals are. Yeah, so you can actually create addictions or replace bad addictions with positive addictions. Uh, and I know for a perfect well, example, I, I, I would, yeah, go ahead. I, I would just change the language then. I would no longer call it an addiction because an addiction also kind of intimates that you're, it's, it's hurting you. So I replace that with ritual. A ritual. So you replace bad addictions with good rituals. Yes. And that empowers you in, um, it's interesting because I, when I first went through the divorce, I was going through all these bad, like difficult times. I had a buddy of mine I'd go to the gym with, and I was, I was sick to this routine. And I started going to the gym two times. I found another partner to go to the gym with one earlier in the day and one later on the day. And I would sit there and we were doing bench press one day and he was uh, asking me, he's like, Hey, so what have you been up to? You know, divorce is messing you up. So, you know, what have you been up to? And I was like, oh, dude, I, I've been hitting the gym two, three times a day. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, yeah, like consistently hitting the gym two, three times a day. I really focused on my diet. I've been hitting this, this, this. And he was like, man, like you have such an addictive personality. It's so good. Like you're so lucky that you've chosen good habits. Right. Right. Because that personality could, it could go in a, in a bad direction. Mm -hmm. 
and now it's it's the same thing with this you know consistently yep. evaluate deals consistently coach consistently do a podcast create those rituals so that there's no way to get out of it and you, you surround yourself with a ton of it and you just you really start to enjoy uh, that impact uh, before we dive into the impact of speaking uh, because that is really what you do you teach people how to talk better right you teach people how to influence to other gooder. people yes. more gooder yeah. <laughs> before we dive into it you're a real estate investor. That's where your net worth is held. Where did, how did you get into real estate investing? So it, it, like I'm sure most people who uh, grow up seeing um, people of affluence, they, you do some due diligence and you find out that almost all of them have some real estate holdings, that that's one of their, their main um, areas of, of wealth. And growing up, my dad actually was a banker and he he loaned money to big projects. So he would loan money to uh, like Jack Nicholas was one of his clients and he, it wasn't him loaning the money. He worked for Citibank at the time, but he, you know, those were the kinds of projects that he was doing. Golf courses, condominium projects, that kind of thing. So I was always exposed to it. And there was something that was like attractive about it, yet intimidating. Uh, because I didn't understand and my dad didn't know how to explain really what he was doing. And as a matter of fact, I don't know if, if you've ever experienced this or anyone listening, created negative associations to wealth, to abundance, to money, to real estate investing and so forth. And, and that was the experience I had. We, while my dad worked in that environment, we weren't super well off, but we lived in a, a nice town. So we were the poor kids in a rich town. And it it definitely created some interesting dynamics about like what real estate was, what investing was, what money was and what it meant. And I always but it was always in the back of my mind. I always wanted to to do it. I just I didn't know how I didn't know where to start. And then I also had these negative associations to what it would take to, to all of it. Right. And I'm I'm don't know if you can relate or I'm sure many of your students can that there is that internal dialogue, that conversation as to why it won't work or, you know, it's too risky or, you know, be in debt. Or then you get the stories, right? So my mom, I remember she had a property and, and it didn't do so well. And she's like, oh yeah, well, you know, it's nice. But then, you know, the tenant destroyed the rug and we had to pay like $5,000 to replace it and arg, arg, arg. And then you had to evict them. So now they're telling you their fears. So now you're picking that up or I was, <clears throat> excuse me. So then I got into music and, you know, had a great career in the music industry and, and so forth. And to make a long story short, I would use those as excuses why not to do it. I'm too busy. I'm too, I don't know. I've got all this other stuff going on. And there was always an excuse not to do it. Then I went on the road with Tony and, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm living in a different area. Instead of seeing it as an opportunity that I could, oh, I could have investment properties all over the country. It was like, oh, I don't have enough time. I don't have the, I'm not here long enough. Arg, arg, arg. So then one day I just got to a point, I was like, you know what? I have to just decide. I teach this in every other area of my life, but here I am, the one area that like, I'm at that point where like, I, I just got to do it. Now at this point I'm married. So now we have another person with belief systems to uh, experience. So I make the decision, I'm like, that's it, I'm doing it. And I talked to, uh, I know you've spoken to David Dweck uh, on there, he's a great friend and, and uh, mentor of mine. And I was like, all right, Dave, let's do it. And he's like, okay, you ready? I'm like, let's, yes, let's do it. 
And uh, he's like, okay, let me, let me look. Let me see what I got. And, you know, like a week later. And here's what's interesting. Once you make that decision, opportunity just shows up. It's just like, it just, I don't know, just all of a sudden. So he's like, oh, I, so I've got one. I think this is good. Let's go check it out. So we go check it out. And I come home and I go to Heidi. I'm like, okay, so, you know, remember we talked about investing and all that. So ready to do it. Here we go. And then she's like, another mortgage? Well, I mean, go, go into more debt. And I'm like, well, yeah, but no, it's good debt. Like, you know, like I, I understood all this and I, I'd invested in other things, but this was the first time it was like a hard asset, like real estate. And I'm like, no, but honey, like there's going to be rent and all this. And, and she, you know, was nervous, but this is where that certainty and that confidence and that belief in yourself and that decision, right. To decide is to cut off, right. It comes from that, the Greek word, uh, forget the, what the root of it, but it's to cut off. So to cut off all other options. So with that certainty and confidence, like, no, honey, this is going to work. You got to trust me. And we did it that first property and it worked out. It worked out great. And, and then, you know, the next one and then the next one. And then Heidi, now Heidi's like, you could, let's go do more of those. Like, let's, you know, more of that because that is, it, it is a great, uh, obviously, strategy and, and uh, resource to build wealth. It's a great long-term wealth strategy. And once you scale it enough, it also can become your, you know, your income. So... I, I like that you you came into it with a very similar approach as most people, except you were exposed to it early on, but you actually had this negative connotation that was implanted in there early as a you know angsty teen saying, mm -hmm. oh, you know, this real estate never gave me anything. You know, all it did was create a lot of work and all this stress, but never I never saw any real return from it because uh, you obviously didn't understand the, the value of the location of growing up in that space or uh, the, the school system that you were in, whatever, whatever value there was to what your dad did invest in for you guys wasn't oh, yeah. valuable. No, I look to back you. and I, I wish I listened to more of what my dad had, had done his best to share. Um, but I was, you know, I, I was, uh, I grew up and I was the dirt bag, the metal head, the stoner, the, you know, we were our the town we grew up in was very preppy and uh, you know very Izod and and all that and my dad liked all that but I didn't so like I was wearing the leather jacket the long hair and you know it didn't it did not gel very well. So it was he was he built a life for himself that he thought would be best for you, mm. and you were the rebel. You just came out of this you know a rock. I wanted to rock. I wanted to. I mean that was the thing. I wanted to do music. You know and and I did. And by the way, you know I did that without his help. Like I could have gone to school. I could have, he would have paid for all any college I wanted to go to. I went to one day of college and I, and I stopped going. Um, and I was like, this is not what I want to do is I need to rock. And, and so I pursued my career in the music industry, very similar to what all of everyone who starts in, in real estate is they kind of intern, they learn as they go. And they, maybe they pay for some education, which is the best thing to do, right? Speed up the process. And you still got to do the work. Absolutely. There's no, there's no substitute for it. So you were, you mentioned rocking and in, in the industry, what is it that you did? Were you uh, behind stage? Were you on stage? Both. Uh, both. Well, yeah. So I started out as an artist. Uh, I got a gig to learn how to make better records at a studio and work my way up from intern to staff producer. And we won Grammys with Celine Dion and JLo and, uh, 
the Chicago soundtrack, you know, the movie made records with, you know, tons of big artists. We did the Rosie O'Donnell Christmas record, um, Mariah Carey, Diana Ross. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I was the rock guy. So I had a deal with A&M uh, for my band. Uh, the record never came out because it was during the, uh, the whole uh, We Were More Rock and there's when Grunge came out. Uh, peak of my career is when Napster came out, by the way. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, and then, yeah, then I uh, joined a band that I produced, uh, went on the road with them for for a while. And then um, we we were on A&M, then went to Sony, and then uh, everything just started to Napster, just everything changed. And that's the, the when industry, I, the industry changed. Yeah, uh, the money was then, diverted. Yeah. And back then we didn't have the term disruption, disruptor, you know, Napster wasn't disrupting the industry. Napster was what the F is going on? Um, <laughs> People don't and, buy records anymore. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. And and then the way we made records, Pro Tools, like all this digital technology, all the stuff that we're using right now, you know, was just in its infancy. So it, it changed how everything was done. So I had to reinvent myself. I had to start over. Uh, because I didn't have a college education. I didn't, uh, all I, you know, when I got the gig with Tony, I, I called up the, you know, my friend who worked there. And he's like, oh, well, send me your resume. And I'm like, I don't have one. I have a discography. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you. And he's like, well, you're gonna have to put something together. Um, and I, I did. And, you know, long story short, I obviously ended up getting the gig with, with Tony and Tony Robbins and, and went on the road with him for, for several years. So I transferred from making incredible music to really to help people make incredible music of their lives. And that was the, the transition. Helping people rock their own lives. So Tony Robbins, like obviously your friend introduced you. How did you stay with Tony for so long, right? Tony Robbins is not a small name. Like this is a big yeah. household name where everybody, even if they're not into self-development, they know who Tony Robbins is. Yeah, most people do. He's he's an icon, that's for sure. So the story about getting the gig is is kind of long and drawn out, but it really speaks to perseverance and uh, follow through and just not giving up. And I'll just give you a, a little backstory. Uh, Jay-Z one time, I forget what show he was on. It was like Oprah or something like that. And uh, they're like, you know, coming back after the break, Jay-Z is going to give us his secrets to success. And I was like, oh, this is, okay, I'm going to wait for this. So yeah. I waited for waited the commercial break. They come back like, okay, Jay-Z, what, what is your secret to success? And he goes, ah, what we, I tell you, what we did was genius. I'm like, ooh, this is good, genius. Because it was genius. We never gave up. <laughs> And it's so true. So I, I share that because the gig that to get the gig with Tony, it took me six months. And without getting dragging it out into the whole thing, what happened was there were some changes going on in the organization. And I told the HR person when she told me there's going to be this break and whatnot. And I said, well, that's fine. I'm going to call you every Friday at 10 a.m. And you'll know it's me. You don't have to pick up the phone. But I'm going to leave you a story or I'm going to leave you a joke or a, a little quote or something. But every Friday I'm going to call you at 10 a.m just so you don't forget me. And I did. <laughs> and when it came through the interview process, I went through a bunch of stages and I got about halfway through or three quarters of the way through. And then they were like, no, he's not, you know, he doesn't have the, like the, the person said, no, the HR person who I made that call to took a stand for me and was like, this is the person you need. This is the only person who did what they said they were going to do. They never gave up. He called every Friday. 
I'm overriding it. This needs to go the whole the whole way. And no then it went through the whole process. That is impressive. And what kept you with them for so long? You were there for over three years, traveling the country, helping uh, speak. And uh, the coaches don't just hang out. Like you guys are very active when you're yeah. on on stage with Tony on tour. It's, well, he was my, it still is my passion to help people. Um, so what the gift was, the, the, the gig was going into businesses, corporations, uh, sales teams, marketing teams, leadership, and doing a, about an hour long training. And then like, so a little, uh, give you a little hint. All speaking is sales. It, it sales. Doesn't matter whether you're selling a product or an idea, it's sales. So the little dirty secret with sale with speakers is that the way they usually make money is they sell then more time, more opportunities with that speaker. So you go, hey, you like this? Come do a seminar, come write, read this book, get this program. And the way, so I did for Tony what Tony did for Jim Rohn. So Tony did the same gig that I, I mean, did for Tony, which was do a training. He did Jim Rohn training. And then at the end of the training would say, hey, if you love that, you'll love more. Here's, here's some product. Here's an event. Here's whatever. So what I, I did, I sold the Unleash the Power Within event. That was the, uh, the one with the firewalk. And what I, I just, what I love about speaking is connecting with people. And it was like music. Like it was like I get on stage and then I would get to rock out or I get to rock out and speak. And at the end, instead of people going, oh, that was amazing that I was distracted for, you know, an hour. They're like, wow, I learned something. I, I had a little distinction. I did that. And then the next opportunity was, man, if they came to a Tony event, then they'd be like, this was insane. My life has changed. Oh my gosh. I, you know, thank you for, you know, uh, coming in. And then I have lifelong friends from being on the road. I have people, as a matter of fact, Terry, I just hooked Terry up with someone I met in San Diego. He needed someone, something in San Diego. Guy I met 15 years ago that I still talk to who's helping him out. So it, it was just, it's such a gift to be able to share ideas help someone have that aha moment, that little shift of perspective that gives them access to even more resources within themselves that they can improve the world. I love that. That That is the perfect reason to stick with something and do something was you found a passion. You found what you were good at. You found a passion in it. And speaking is sales, right? So stage speaking, it's kind of built you to this point where, and this isn't the end of your journey, but you now teach people how to speak. But before we, we jump into speaking and you rock and everything that you do for adding value to other entrepreneurs, people who are looking to increase their sales, people who are influencers or building coaching programs. Uh, there is a system, by the way, for building those coaching programs with that first free talk and then mm -hmm. the free video, the free training, then the free bigger event. And then that, that event where you're finally selling something and uh, typically something very expensive that, or well, very valuable, uh, typically selling something that is a higher ticket item than you would be able to sell in a, a 30 minute to an hour talk. Doug, what is it that drove you towards learning NLP? So neuro-linguistic programming, what, what is neuro-linguistic programming and what drove you to, to learn that piece? 
so uh, neurolinguistic programming is a philosophy. So neuro for your neurology, right? How your brain works. Linguistic is the the language, right? The words that we're using, but it's beyond just the words. The, there's body language. There's a, there's language is a, a big word. And then programming, the reason why they called it programming was back when uh, John, uh, John Grinder and Richard Bandler had created this technology. Um, Richard Bandler was a com an engineer, computer scientist. And he, he was like, this is just like programming a computer. Like you just, you can program your brain the way you program a computer. Um, and Tony made a distinction, and, and I, I agree with it, uh, but I still honor the NL. I still call it neurolinguistic programming because I just honor the founders. Tony actually calls it neuroassociative conditioning, and mostly because he was sued by Bandler for calling it NLP. Because at the time, Bandler had the you know owned that technology, and, and Tony started. Tony got famous by teaching NLP. Like his first trainings were certifying people in NLP. But I got into it because was because of Tony. So I came home one night. Uh, I was about 17 years old and, you know, just a wreck, trashed. And I was like, you know, living at home. And I'm like, Mom, give me your credit card. And she was like, oh, for what, honey? And I'm like, Tony Robbins, you know, personal power. 30 days of personal power. I want that. You know, I need that. And my mom's like, oh, we have that, honey. And we do? I was like, yeah, it's still down. It's downstairs in the den. Sealed. Like, cassettes dating myself never opened and tony was what who exposed me to nlp and um i started applying it because I, I i used what tony taught to get into the music industry and to be successful and i just applied his 30 days to personal power i applied what was in there and i got the results and then i started learning more about nlp from tony and and uh and then i started having challenges in my relationship. I was married and things were not working out. And I, and again, I took responsibility. I'm like, okay, same reason why I got into like producing music was to, because the results I was getting in my music wasn't what I wanted. So I wanted to learn how to be more effective in the studio, get my, articulate my musical vision more effectively or work with the right people and speak their language. Well, here I am in this relationship that was having these challenges and I'm like, I got to take responsibility here. I got to learn how to communicate more effectively because, you know, I can't change her, but uh, like I can only change me and, and I need to learn how to be a, a more effective communicator. Uh, it didn't save the marriage, but um, the, <laughs> it did give me some incredible distinctions about myself, how I communicate with myself how I communicate with others. I used it in my music career, helping artists, how to get the best out of them, how to ask the right questions, how to create the right focus, how to create the right space for that creativity, for that authenticity, for that ability for someone to dig in and be their absolute best, especially when it's in a vulnerable situation. All right, so I, I don't see a big difference between someone exposing their soul artist like artistically to someone getting vulnerable and going I'm I'm gonna take this action I'm gonna start this business and and be able to say to someone and, and get like I don't know what to do I'm scared and you know to allow that space because we can't help someone to the next level if they're not honest as to where they are right so again it's, it's all the same thing so I NLP just became 
a, a real passion of mine in hypnotism because I really understood how the system, how the structure of, of thinking comes into play and, and how to utilize the very resources and gifts we've been given by our creator. Um, you know, and, and I, I will say this in my trainings, like it's in, it's in the good book. You know, whether you believe in it or not, doesn't matter, it's in there. Seek and ye shall find. You know, ask and you shall receive. These are basic tenets of NLP, right? Yep. You know, you just when you, Knock when you look for and the it, door will be opened. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's so many examples of this. So I just found it to be such a, a an elegant and graceful way to not only help others, but help them help others, because it's it's really a, a, a pretty simple philosophy um that can get very complex right simple is not necessarily easy but the the simplicity and the the grace and elegance of the philosophy is so powerful and i use it every day i use it in i mean i use it with our daughter i use it and and i'll, I'll give you a great example the other this is a while ago our daughter uh she was probably five at the time she uh was using her ipad a lot so we was like, oh, I got to take it away. You know, I got to limit your screen time. And she had a fit. She had a cow. And then so she she comes down and about 10 minutes later, she comes back and she goes, hey, daddy, um, I'm sorry that I got so, you know, upset. This is a five year old now, by the way. Uh, I'm sorry. You know, I, I know I, I got mad and, and all that, but I feel better now. I'm like, oh, OK. Do you want to know what I did? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. What did you do? She goes. Well, I know I didn't have my iPad, but I just pretended I had my iPad and I sat down and I pretended to watch it and I sang all the songs that I wanted to sing and, and all that. So I, I didn't I didn't mind not having the iPad because I pretended I had it. Wow. And this is, uh, I mean, in many respects, an NLP process where. Absolutely. You're visualizing, you're going through the process, your brain doesn't know the difference. So she was able to seek in her mind and find an iPad in her mind and have the experience. And this is what we teach when we're on our calls and we're all this, we're really helping people visualize going through the process so that they could actually have ownership of it being possible to take the actions to get the results that they're committed to. And so that's the the positive side of NLP. And that's the truth to NLP. That's like, okay, so that's the truth to NLP. Uh, most people, when they hear NLP, they think of people taking advantage of other people, getting somebody, convincing somebody to do something against their will or manipulating somebody, which is possible. NLP does have that side where it is entirely possible to uh, maybe not get somebody to do something against their will, but because the will is strong. Well, what's interesting is that whether or not someone influences someone to do something, right? Either way, it's all NLP because NLP is just language for what we're already doing. So that's where it, it's almost like, you know, not to get political, but like a gun, right? A gun is a gun. Like it, it, guns don't kill people, right? NLP doesn't manipulate people. People could use NLP to negatively manipulate, just like people could use an, a gun to, you know, cause some severe, you know, un or intended but negative damage. And it could also be used to protect and save, just like NLP could. So it it it's so interesting how sometimes we like to um, 
personify or label things when it's just a thing. Right. Yeah. It's like fire, you know, if, yeah. with fire, you can either, you know, electricity, right. You can uh, burn a, you can, what is it? Cook a man's food or you cook the man. I think yep, yep, <laughs> is the quote. Uh, Bob Proctor, right. From uh, the, he, I think he said that in the secret. Yep. That's right. So like, these are powerful forces NLP, you can absolutely use it to uh, seduce somebody to do something that you want done. Mm -hmm. You can also use it to inspire yourself to do, to install habits of success. Yep. And that I think in combination, you can use both. Like we use it all the time in our coaching and our training programs. And I, I learn a lot of it from the same sources that you have, where if somebody isn't moving forward, like they want to buy a house, they tell me they want to buy a house, but a month goes by, they haven't bought a house. You know, we'll start using NLP and saying, hey, you know, like this is the frame that you want to have. This is how you go and do it and utilize that. And so it's powerful as a speaker, as somebody who can teach and train to be able to, it, it's something coined, it's been called uh, accelerated learning, mm -hmm. right? It's really, it's NLP, but it's accelerated learning because it allows you to learn and, and fire off triggers faster, triggers, anchors, and, and lock them in so that you can go and create something. So when something happens, something bad happens, instead of having that trigger now has is anchored to something good. So mm -hmm. a bad thing happens. Other people see it or perceive it as bad, but you see it as an opportunity because you've just rewired your brain using that, that neuro-linguistic programming. It's a powerful technique and it's something that you actually teach. Mm -hmm. So I want to, I want to talk a little bit about you rock speaking. I see it in the background, the banner, you rockspeaking.com break through the noise. What is that? And after all of this journey, you know, being a rock star, being a, a real estate investor, uh, touring with Tony Robbins, how did you get to the point where you said, okay, you rock speaking it, it fits, obviously it fits your brand. I totally get the story now, like why it's, it's rock. And I've known you for a long time. You're, you're a personal good friend and a coach in our programs, but being able to, to hang out with you and, and talk about the program that you're actually delivering now that's coming up in, in the future, uh, 2021 is a huge opportunity for me and to be able to share that with other people. I know that right now we have listeners who are very interested in NLP, very interested in stage speaking, especially if they're a real estate agent or a real estate investor looking to get a lot of attention on their business, uh, motivated sellers or people who have money that you can borrow. The only way to get that is to be able to articulate, uh, to be able to articulate very well why it makes sense to work with you. Mm -hmm. So Doug, how did you get into you rock speaking? What, what drove you to doing this? Well, I've always trained people. So I, I love teaching and training and helping people grow and, and enhance their, their essence, as it were. Uh, what I found as well is the, you know, I, I have my Freedom Hack program. So I work with entrepreneurs and creating the, the certainty and the confidence to be able to take the massive action and get results and so forth. And, and what would happen is I'd be out in, you know, the networking and so forth. And this was kind of the beginning of it. <clears throat> And real estate particularly, I don't mean to pick on real estate agents for this, but it, it, it's one that happens quite a bit. So we'll be at a networking event and they'll say, uh, like, oh, you know, what, what do you do? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm a real estate agent. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, all right. Um, do you, what, what's your, you know, what's your area of expertise? Where, you know, where, where, what's your sweet spot? <laughs> if you need a house, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll find it for you. I'll, you, you want to sell, you want me to sell your house? I'll sell it. And I said, okay, but you know, are, are, do you do, um, you know, do you do luxury? And like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll do luxury. I said, no, but is that your, is that your sweet spot? 
you know, like, do you, right? Because my luxury people who are going to be in the multi-millions aren't going to want someone who is also selling a $250,000 house. They want someone who they just play in that field, you know, and the first time home buyer isn't necessarily going to want someone who all they do is work in the multi-million. You know, like there's all of these, and I'm like, you know, and it, it speaks of, it comes across as desperate. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't send certainty. It doesn't, it just it says- It comes like, oh, from oh, desperation. That, that's where it comes from. It I is know, desperate. I, I know, but I, 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 you know, I don't want to accuse anyone of anything. Just, to, I just want them to let them know what it looks like. When I, when I hear real estate say that and they say, uh, I ask, hey, so what is your specialty? What city do you work in? And they're like, oh, I work all over Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for the conversation. On to the next. <laughs> right. So, so what I found was at the very least, when people are, and it kind of started also, it's, it's, it's got some virtual aspects to it because then the other thing that would happen is then you get your 30 second pitch at your Zoom networking uh, event. And, you know, here we're putting a timestamp on this, excuse me, uh, once everything got shut down in March of 2020, innovative and creative people were like, okay, no more live networking, going virtual. So now you got 30 seconds. You've got 30 seconds to break through the noise of all of the other people to be able to position yourself in 30 seconds or maybe a minute, depending on how, you know, how many people are in the group to articulate who you serve, why you do it and get someone to be interested in having a follow up conversation with you. If all you say is I'm a real estate agent. Done. No one's like, no one's gonna, it's not gonna work. And it really doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't have to be real estate. It could be anything. If you're able to though, hook someone, right? Engage them right away, enhance who you are. You know, like you see my background and how I show up. I, I am, you know, I, I, I be myself, right? I, I, I do me, I be me. Um, and I'm okay with it. Either you like me or you don't, right? And that's, I'm okay either way. Like it's not, and it, I don't take it personally. It's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not for everybody, you know? If, if, and I just assume if I'm not rubbing people the wrong way, I may not be doing enough. So then I was like, man, if I can help people right now grow their business with their most valuable asset and their free asset, their voice, they don't have to, you know, go like, and here's the other thing. People go and they invest all these things. Oh, I got to do my videos. I've got to do all this. And then they, they can't show up. All that other investment is for naught because they're investing in and they're putting ads to do their, their video, uh, you know, their shares, their moments of brilliance. And they're not articulate. They're not engaging. They have no real purpose or passion behind it. And then no one knows what to do next. There's no so, call to action. Yeah, I, I see the videos I watch. I see some great videos that agents will put out. And I'm watching the whole time. I'm like, okay, all right. They hit one thing. They got my entertainment. I got awesome. Or they hit one thing. They got education. Perfect. And or they, they hit empowerment. They, but they only hit one. And they missed one of the other two. And I go through the video and it's just like, oh, man, it's painful to watch. You know, sometimes it's just a, a few seconds I can watch and I'm like, I don't know, this is not good. This is this is bad. Uh, so you talked about the USP a little bit and that USP actually takes form. It's important for 30 seconds, right? The unique mm -hmm. selling proposition is important that 30 second pitch, 
it's equally as important in a 30 minutes. It's equally as important in a 90 minute. Like you've got to have that value proposition. Yeah. And, and so, so in the program, that's what we start. We'd start with our 30 seconds. So we, well, first we actually d dive deeper into who your avatar is, who you serve and get some clarity on that. What problems do you solve and so forth? So we could create the, the, your USP, your two minute, right? Because what happens if someone's like, uh, look, I know I, originally we we're going to have 30 minutes together, but really, can you give me the high level? You know, what can you do for me? And you got five minutes. We want to be able to deliver in that moment. So they go, okay, I'll do a follow up or, you know, okay, I'll, I mean, they might even take action at that time, depending on whatever it is, even if it's to list their property. Uh, why you? What are the features, advantages and benefits of you rather than the other local agent or what have you yeah so and, and the the other piece because it's you know i know right now i got investors who are listening to this saying oh well i'm not a real estate agent or i'm not a coach or i'm not a stage speaker this is not important to me it's it's for people who are looking to raise capital if you're looking to gain other people's money in any form whether you're raising capital on a deal you're doing you're looking for partnerships whether you're looking for somebody to sell you a property whether you're looking for somebody to uh go and work with you as a real estate agent all of it comes from stage speaking in fact when we go and we raise capital we're speaking to many via video via zoom uh, via big groups facebook groups videos that we're putting out and speaking is why we're able to raise capital so quickly because we just go out to a large audience and we know how to articulate our mission and what we're looking to create for ourselves and so you, you're not just talking to real estate agents you're not talking to coaches you're talking to real estate investors as well who are looking to raise a lot of money not just 10 grand or, or 100,000, like this is the tool that you raise millions with is stage speaking. 100%. And by the way, uh, reminded me of what you just shared, reminded me of a quote uh, from Shakespeare. Oh. All the world's a stage and the men and women are merely players. Right. So we're, we're on, and especially now with social media and all this, we are on stage all the time. Yeah. Literally, we are in front of people almost always, whether it's the video live or the video that we recorded that we put up there. Are you doing a YouTube channel? You're doing your Instagram videos like there's just so much other stuff that's going on that if you're not able to quickly engage to get your point across, really speak to your ideal client and their challenges and how you can help them and then the opportunity to do so we're doing a huge disservice to humanity because everybody has something to offer. And if we're not, and even if it's as simple as your story, you know, what you've been through, that you're helping someone through a tough time, you know, and right now, man, like more than ever, we need people to be able to share their hero's journey and help them raise the money to, employ these other people to provide all the homes like there's so many different ways that speaking helps move the needle um and you can't you cannot not communicate so can't not communicate you got to learn how to talk talk gooder yeah you got to talk more gooder <laughs> you're so you're you're talking about one of the most powerful things it's also the biggest fear that most people have you know so it's uh, it's awesome that it's it's powerful and it's a great tool and we've used it to raise millions and we'll use it to raise millions more and help a lot of people and we've also been able to you know obviously have a great impact in our communities because of the the skills I've learned with stage speaking the skills you've learned with stage speaking and we talk about the stage life is a stage you know 
teaching your children to go to bed on time, convincing them, right? Convincing them to do the things you want them to do, to read that book or uh, put that money aside. And, uh, you know, your spouse, making sure that your spouse is on board with you real estate investing. In fact, I was doing a training once, uh, Doug, and I asked all the different things people wanted. It was evaluate the deal, get the money, find the deal, and, you know, go through this list. And at, at one point I was like, we haven't even talked about relationships. You know, wouldn't it be nice to be able to hypnotize your spouse to say yes to buying real estate with you? And that was... Of course, everybody in the room had the issue of getting their spouse on board with them. <laughs> it's, and we don't think about it until it's sometimes too late. Now we're like, oh no, now it's going to turn into an argument instead of powerfully engaging in the conversation and being able to, again, articulate the pros and cons, the passion behind it, the understanding your partner and what their fears really are, what's behind the fear. Um, and then again, going into the behavioral styles, personality types, like, okay, understanding what, how to deliver that, you know, and, and all that, I mean, utilizing the behavioral styles or, or the personality styles is NLP by understanding, meeting them where they're at and delivering it in a way that they're going to resonate with, that they're going to get. They're gonna go, ah, okay, yes, I'm, I'm on board. Um, and that's just one area. And, and in my speaker training, I go through the DISC as you know how to use DISC speaking. I do uh, six human needs as well, how to hit all those. And then the, the other NLP stuff, everything from anchoring to the the different modalities and, and how to incorporate all of that so that we're communicating to everybody so that they see, hear, and feel themselves in that environment in a way that they can get on board. Using VAX, visual, auditory, kinesthetic. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah, you've you've got a ton of knowledge, uh, Doug, and it's, it's just one of those things that we, I don't think... I, I know that I don't hear you promote yourself enough in our community on Saturdays when we're doing the 52 weeks to wealth. I, it's probably my fault that I'm not giving you the right opportunity, but man, uh, I, I think that our community will benefit greatly from knowing more about NLP, from knowing more about neuro-linguistic programming, how to use it ethically, how to use it morally, mm -hmm. legally, uh, so that you can actually move yourself and your sellers and your investors forward and, and add value to everybody. Uh, it's you do the the U rock speaking and it's a, a powerful training. When is uh, the next one or how do people find out more about U rock speaking? How to break through the noise? Well, go to urockspeaking.com, U R O C K S P A K I N G dot com, and there's excuse me information up there on it, and uh, it runs a few times a year. And then if you want to just reach out to me, book time, it's uh, chatwithdoug.com, C-H-A-T-W-I-T-H-D-U-G.com. That gives you my Calendly link and just book a strategy session and, and we'll find out how we can uh, be sure that you are rocking the stage of life, as it were. I love it. So you've got you've got these uh, create URLs. Like I had the only one that was really easy for me was GualterAmorello.com. Believe it or not, nobody had that. That was a that was a simple one. Hard to believe. Yeah, all the other ones, I'm like, oh, I'm like racking my brain to create them. So you've you've nailed your URLs uh, for anybody who's listening right now. If you want to add value to the podcast, if you thought this was extremely valuable, go to iTunes, rank us up, go write a good review for Alchemist Nation podcast. 
and share it with your friends. It helps us with the rankings and it helps us get really cool people on the podcast as well as get our mission of building 100 millionaires out there so we can have a greater impact on the real estate community and help people put more deals together. If you thought that Doug was extremely valuable, go to urockspeaking.com. If you'd like to learn NLP, learn your USP, learn how to get more cash in your pocket by helping more people get what they're looking for and figure out how to break through the noise, you've got to go to Doug McGurk's website at urockspeaking.com. And if you want to learn more about our Saturday trainings, go to gualteramorello.com. It's my first and last name at what? First and last name.com. So it's G-U-A-L-T-E-R-A-M-A-R-E-L-O. And you can go to forward slash live and register for the Saturday training. There are also some really cool free resources at the UROC speaking website and at gualterimolo.com. You can actually go take your personality test, your investor personality test, which we'll be talking a lot uh, about a lot more in 2021 because investor personalities are very unique. How you invest is based on your personality type and knowing your personality type will help you find the right coaches or the right partners in the right uh, properties for you because certain personalities just are not right for certain niches. So it's really important that you understand your personality type, your personality profile as an investor, and then start moving powerfully forward. Doug, at this point, I always ask the most important question of the day, which is three pieces of advice. If you could go back to your 20 year old self and give yourself three pieces of advice that would move you more powerfully, more profoundly to a better space or at least where you're at today quicker, what would those three pieces be? Be yourself. Um, don't change for, for anybody um, for that reason, but it's okay to obviously change and modify don't be a dick but like be authentic be yourself it's okay to be unique as a matter of fact you know a, a dr seuss quote that i live by uh and i learned later in life is be who you are and feel what you feel because those who mind do not matter and those who matter do not mind and that was uh, a big help for me because um i grew up kind of always feeling misunderstood and I felt like I was a misfit on the island of misfit toys I was that much of a misfit and what I realize now and I wish I realized then was that's an asset uh, to be different to be unique to be able to stand out in a way that is giving others permission to do the same is so powerful so um I would say if I could go back in time, I would say, you know, be even more of you. Wow. That is powerful advice. Doug McGurk, thank you so much for hanging out with me, brother. I appreciate you. I will see you Saturday and on our Monday night calls. Cheers yeah. to your success when you have a choice. Always work, work with work the best. best. <laughs> that doesn't get old. I love that. <laughs>